I've got a shafted pilot. And I've got something that will make you incandescent with happiness. there and welcome to date fight now come on everyone it's monday morning and we've got this yes hello this is the podcast where we take great moments from history that occurred on this day yes on this day mark you and we pitch them against each other mm, he's jake yeah i'm nat tapley and together we have taken two dips from the inkwell of history and are seeing which provides the longest and most entertaining sentence from the pen of truth i thought you were going to go raw sharing block tests there See which one makes the dirtiest. That would have been better. It's fine, let's press on. Come on, everyone, come on! <laughs> come on! <laughs> 27th of January, 1880. Thomas Edison patented the incandescent lamp. The light bulb! And before that, it, when it got dark, you were just it was just dark, which was rubbish. Well, there was candles, though, wasn't there, isn't it? Yeah, but candles were really difficult to make. There wasn't mass production of candles. For candles, you needed either tallow or beeswax, which requires the death of an animal and, or the, you know, cutting up of a beehive. Um, yeah. And you are supposed to mind your own, aren't you? Yes, and I never did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were 22 uh, inventors who'd patented something similar to the incandescent lamp before um, he came up. Edison and Swan came up with the uh, light bulb as we know it. Um, in 1802, Humphrey Davy, our old friend Humphrey Davy, oh, who yeah. was, was the farting man from the lamp, um, <laughs> <It wasn't a laughs> makes him sound like some sort of stage act genie. With yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he made a battery in the basement of the Royal Institute that took 2,000 ele- electric cells to power one small strip of platinum and make it glow. So that was his version. Wow. Um, and there were various iterations on that over the next 78 years. But it wasn't until Thomas Edison and Jonathan Swan came up with the incandescent lamp with a cardboard carbon filament and a vacuum inside the glass bulb that they got the patent for that. And light bulbs, as we know it, began to exist. It was so difficult to make light in the time before that you could have had reed lamps. There were other things that burned. People had reed lamps. Um, in the 17th century, they used tar stuck on bits of wood Um, but they were so rare that Governor Winthrop when they first moved to Massachusetts and he was Governor of Massachusetts wrote to his wife the one thing he asked her to bring from England was bring candles Gosh, because they were just so difficult to make if you don't have livestock and if you don't have hived bees and you're just essentially the only way they had to have light after dark was wandering around the woods looking for bits of wood that had fallen in tar or you know were particularly sappy which they could then light so if it got dark it was bedtime that was the end yeah. for everyone well i mean edison did that and thus ended circadian rhythms for humanity forever yes <laughs> he invented insomnia yeah. and overwork Ta-da. <laughs> i was determined to do a happy one to begin with but no <laughs> let me see if i can i'm going to bring you down and then i'm going to bring you up all right okay do so that. for my round one i'm going to take you to the 27th of january 1951 Ooh. and nuclear testing begins oh. at the nevada test site yes with operation ranger Ooh. just 65 miles northwest of vegas you better hope that what happens mm. 65 miles northwest of vegas <laughs> stays 65 <laughs> sadly it didn't but i'll come on to that in a bit oh good this was not their first round of uh, nuclear tests, obviously, but this was yeah. the uh, fourth and biggest. 
Oh. I would say, I mean, they started and they, they, they really didn't stop. They, mm. they did one on this day, they did one the next day, they did one on February the, I think, 2nd, and then again on the 4th. They just, it was like, wow. all didn't the people, time, dropping bombs. They were doing buses out from Vegas to go and watch them, I think, at that point, weren't they? That's the yes, you're absolutely right. You could get a special nuclear bus to go and well, watch a bomb happen. You, you could do that. In fact, some hotels in Vegas... Uh, had uh, with mushroom cloud views, uh, for which obviously they'd charge a premium. Wow! Uh, they were tourist attractions. You could see them in a downtown Vegas hotel, and you could feel the tremors as well. Oh dear! Uh, there, um, you could see the mushroom clouds from a hundred miles away. Wow! But these were about trying to make nuclear weapons that used less valuable nuclear material and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be efficient. You don't want a nuclear weapon that's inefficient. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't want something that's going to end the existence of mankind and then to have it be wasteful at the same time. Yeah, you don't want to be profligate about destroying humanity. <laughs> uh, they did one thousand nuclear explosions there for over the next four decades, and wow. westerly winds carried the fallout mm-hmm. through St George and southern Utah, with marked increases in leukemia, lymphoma, thyroid cancer, breast cancer, melanoma, bone cancer, brain tumors, and gastrointestinal tract cancers from the mid fifties through to nineteen eighty. Wow, you really brought us up at the end of that. Keeping you guys safe, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it all began on this day in 1951. Well, thank goodness you cheered us up at the end. Yeah. Hey, listen, that's only <laughs> round one, OK? I'm saving okay. Oh, right. the fun oh, stuff so this is... for round... Don't, don't give up yet. Stay with me. Stay with me, okay. everyone. Let's see if we can hold them through the birthdays. Happy birthday to Alan Cumming. Everyone loves Alan Cumming. That's a happy one. Happy birthday, Alan Cumming. You were in Bernard. I don't in like the... Alan Cumming. Oh, he doesn't like Alan Cumming. <laughs> he was in Bernard in the Genie. He was in Goldeneye. Yeah, but then he started doing all that cabaret and it was really bad. No, everyone, no one, yeah, when everyone gets old, they start doing embarrassing things. That's fine. But that's it. Here we are. Yeah, but you can just ignore the stuff people do when they're old. No one goes, oh, I liked all that stuff that Frank Sinatra did when he was young, but when he got old and was making terrible films, I didn't like him. You just focus on the bits you like. Ignore the rest. You don't have to enjoy the... Okay, do you know what? I'd really, I'd really like it. I'd really like it if people listening can think of people who got better as they got older. Because there must be some people who did that. Um, so get in touch at date underscore fight. And then you can vote as well while you're at yes, it. Yes, do that. Armando Yanucci. Good. Yeah. Strong. Happy birthday to... <laughs> He's the only one. That's it. Yeah. David Schneider didn't. Went the other way. Dave... Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle. <laughs> yeah, Frankie, Frankie Boyle. Boyle. There we go. Um, who else didn't I like? No, uh... Van Gogh. I mean, he. I mean, he didn't get that. He didn't old, get that did far, he? did he? No. Sorry, everyone. He may have. That's another downer. <laughs> right. Happy birthday to Bridget Fonda. Oh no, this is going to be a downer as well. Bridget Fonda, who again started well when she was young, but uh, I didn't know this. She broke her back in a car crash in 2003, oh. and that's why you haven't seen as much of her on screen since then. Please tell me she wasn't in a Honda. I don't know. I'm not going to look at it. And up. were there any first responders? <laughs> Will she ever... And it happened down onder. Will she ever wander again? <laughs> I couldn't be fonder of... Oh, no, that's the actual word. That's that's not a rhyme, Nat. That's just the way language works. <laughs> Happy birthday to Edward of Angoulême. He was the son of the Black Prince and heir to the throne of England, but he died at the age of three. In fact, these have just been a wash. Depressing birthdays, everyone. Let's hope we can cheer things up with the deaths. 
Happy death day to Mahalia Jackson, the Queen of Gospel. She sang at JFK's inauguration, at the March on Washington, at um, Martin Luther King's funeral. Uh, She defied death threats to continue her civil rights activism. Happy death day to Mahalia Jackson. She's brilliant and you should listen to her music. Happy death day to Thomas Crapper. He had the patent for the ball cock. (laughs) <laughs> and the Uber. I've got to say ball and cock and crapper and it's all entirely family friendly um, and he made the manholes oh, the manholes as well in Westminster Abbey so if you go into Westminster Abbey you can see crapper manholes than <laughs> <laughs> the ones yeah. anywhere else in London happy death day to Francis Drake he so enraged Philip II of Spain that he offered a reward for his capture or death that is worth currently six million pounds. However, dysentery killed him, so dysentery is better than the Spanish, is the what we can take away from that. <laughs> six million quid, though. I mean, you, more could, you could almost anyway. buy a house for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not round yeah. here, you couldn't. Um... That's it. That's the death days and the birthdays. Yay. Let's do round two. Round two. 27th of January, 1983, mm-hmm. and the pilot shaft breaks through of the <laughs> Seikan Tunnel. Uh-huh. This is very exciting. So you've got the Japanese kind of mainland island mm-hmm. of Honshu. Yeah. And you've got the northern island of Hokkaido. Yeah. And they built a tunnel that goes all the way from one to the other. Mm-hmm. And on this day in 1983, they, they began... The, the borehole, the pilot shaft, finally <laughs> broke through. Yeah. And it was done by the Japanese Prime Minister of the time, Yasuhiro Nakasone. Yeah. And he he did a... He pressed a switch, it set off a blast, and it completed the tunnel. And <laughs> it's an amazing tunnel. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry to get all jazzed about a it's tunnel. Fine. But it's I'm just enjoying the number of times you're saying the word shaft. Exactly. Uh, have you have you ever bored a pilot? <laughs> no, my hole has remained. The shaft. Okay, fine. It's uh, nearly thirty-three and a half miles long, and the weird thing about it is, it's the longest subaqueous tunnel. So it's the longest right. tunnel that goes underwater. Although it's so not the longest that, stretch of water. About... In fact, the Channel Tunnel has it goes under a longer stretch of water. Does but it? This is a longer tunnel. Oh, but it's only and seventeen miles, is, isn't it? The, the Channel Tunnel is seventeen miles, is it? Roughly? I don't know. I know oh, it's right. more than that, isn't it? It's 20-odd miles. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because you don't want to start actually on the water, do you? That'd be ridiculous. Shut up, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold your breath. Here <laughs> just we go. Just for the first bit, just till we get under the water. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to breathe in now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the mad thing about this railway is it's dual gauge. Oh. So you've got, say, for argument's sake, on the left mm-hmm. rail, everybody uses the left one. Yeah. And then on the right rail, there's two rails different distances away from the left rail yeah so there's a narrow gauge freight Mm -hmm. rail and then there's a wider one which is the bullet train yeah the shinkansen yeah and there's a problem the shinkansen goes so fast like it does 200 miles an hour Mm -hmm. that it generates a shock wave and it would literally just nudge the freight trains off their narrow little rails Ooh. So it can't go at full speed in there. But they're now developing this new thing called train on train. (laughs) So what will happen is your freight train Mm. outside the tunnel will get loaded onto a wider train. (laughs) Yeah. Which will then use the wider gauge and be more stable to go past the bullet train. Ah. So it can go super wicked fast. That's very exciting. And 
stop being so jittery. And here's the thing, the, the Shinkansen, the, the bullet train, which has been running for over 50 years, well over 50 years, it's carried 5.3 billion passengers mm. and there has never been a fatality or an injury of a single passenger. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is very 5. good. 5.3 billion journeys. That's amazing. That's very good. That's See, a happy that's one. that's quite good. That's, that's very good. happy. Nobody yes, died. I enjoyed that. Nobody, Nobody died. died. Nobody died. Um, no one even, like, n- you know, dislocated a shoulder. No one's going to die in mine either. Hey. We're going to the 27th of January, 2010. Now, I accept that this one is a bit wonky, and you can just vote for Jake if you want, because <laughs> even I'm not convinced by the argument I'm about to make. But... Mine isn't a specific event from the 27th of January 2010. It is the headlines of the day from 2010. One of which was, this was recently after the Haiti earthquake, which you've probably forgotten all about now because it was 10 years ago, but it was quite a big deal 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah, it was. And Charlie, Charlie Simpson, a seven-year-old, rode five miles and raised £200,000 for the Haiti earthquake. And on this day, he went to Downing Street to meet Sarah Brown because Gordon Brown was away in Ireland meeting the Taoiseach of Ireland to discuss the future relationship with them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Gordon Brown sent a message saying that um, Charlie was truly inspirational. And, of course, all of the newspapers thought that was a terrible insult to him and he should have come back and, you know, not met the Irish Premier and met a seven-year-old instead. Um, Couldn't Charlie have just, like, come the next day? I don't know. I mean, Charlie had a very busy schedule. He was actually meeting the Irish Taoiseach the day after. (laughs) It was... (laughs) Um, Susan Boyle had been at Simon Cowell's house recording a charity single for Haiti, but she got back. She was shocked but unharmed to find an intruder in her house. Good Lord. And these were the headlines from that day. And I think that was the last time we, as a country, pretended to be nice. (laughs) Like, we pretended to actually care about a thing happening in another country. Because a few months after that, we had the thing where Gordon Brown met the little old lady who said... That horrible... Um, she didn't like foreigners coming here, and at least called her a bigot. And we yeah. all had to decide then, oh, do we think it's right to call people to be that upset about immigration, or to think maybe those people are bigoted? And we chose um, that it was all right to be bigoted rather than be against being bigoted. Um, and ever since then, we've been on a downward... This is really... I mean, everything, reading these stories, I was like, well, there's Simon Cowell, there's Susan Boyle, there's uh, Charlie, there's Gordon. It just sounded like a completely different era. Um, and I wanted to remind everyone that just 10 years ago, um, we seemed like a better place. OK. <laughs> That's my thing for 27th of January. So you're not even going to read us the headlines? No. <laughs> I'm actually one. <laughs> Amazing. I have to give you one or two. <laughs> I don't want to hang on. I don't want some pity round. No, it's oh, not. No, 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 no. I'm making no, the no. argument. I'm going to make the argument for this that I think um, that was the day, last day Britain. We cared. We about cared about anyone else. Yeah. Okay. That was it. Well, who do you think should win the well researched <coughs> story about the bullet train? Or some old fluffy thing about a non-story that never actually happened, but just pretending we're nice. It did happen. Don't don't disparage Charlie Simpson. No one's disparaging Charlie Simpson. Charlie, if you're alive now and 17 years old... Let me me be very clear now. I'm disparaging you. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the way the tabloids would see it. Charlie Simpson's amazing effort (laughs) utterly dismissed. Anyway, go on Twitter. It's at date underscore fight. So-called comedian. Or you can go on the Facebook. (laughs) 
Yes, uh, facebook.com forward slash take fight, please. There you go. It's very simple. Uh, well, that's it. That's Monday. Done. Come on. Yes. Uh, good luck to you if you're on your way to work and mm. thinking, oh, can I really do this another week? Is it really still done? Yes, it is. And yes, you can. Just one more. And, we'll get through it. Uh, you know, and if you're self-employed and you're just trying to sort out your tax, your tax bill, a mm. uh, very happy chickpea month for you. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another date fight and we'll see you then. <laughs> see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.